podcast. I'm a big film nerd, Everett. And I'm Emerald, and I'm engaged to a nerd. On this week's episode, we'll be covering two movies. Uh, first up, we have Godzilla Minus One, directed by Takashi Yamazaki. And my pick this week was Dream Scenario, directed by Christopher Borgley. And in addition, for the Godzilla Minus One section, we are going to have a special guest this week, a good friend of mine from film school, Michael. Uh, He works on the Nullified Take podcast, so look them up wherever they are. Uh, I watch them on YouTube, uh, and they do a lot of different stuff, but particularly reality TV, uh, and they're really great, so you should check them out. All right, let's get into it. All right, so my movie this week is Godzilla Minus One, directed by Takashi Yamazaki. Uh, And as mentioned before, we have a special guest with us today, my good friend from film school, Michael. How's it going, bud? Hey, Everett, I'm doing so good, brother. How are you? Oh, we're great. We're great. (laughs) All right, so yeah, you have seen this movie, obviously, otherwise we wouldn't be talking about it. Um, (laughs) And from the messages you've sent me, I gather you liked it. Oh, I, I loved this movie you know I'm, I'm a massive monster fan you know as as you know ever I believe in monsters like Bigfoot Loch Ness Wendigo you name it I believe in it and monster films have just always been my thing but it's quite hard to find a really good monster film that sort of covers yeah. all aspects but I feel like Godzilla minus one knocked it out of the park had you know great characters great story Godzilla was terrific you know not some washed down american version so (laughs) yeah it was it was fantastic overall yeah yeah no i i also really enjoyed this i i like a good monster movie from time to time um i like movies that are just fun to watch uh and this was definitely that i know emerald you uh had not ever seen really any godzilla before this what and uh Yeah, um, I've never seen Godzilla. I didn't know it was going to be so silly. I thought it was going to be like a really serious action movie. But it was fine. Fine? (laughs) Fine? (laughs) Yeah, this will probably be more of a YouTube episode. (laughs) I don't have that much to say. Yeah, um... From my end, uh, <laughs> I I really liked, I think um, we talked about this a little bit in the car as we were driving home, the the design of Godzilla, I liked that it was very classic Godzilla yeah. in design. He had the rounded nose and the, the giant thighs, very thick, um, and but I also really liked, and I think the scariest part was his first appearance, um, not to, you know spoil too much but he starts small and gets big as godzilla does in pretty much every godzilla property um and when he starts out small he's so nimble and like his arms move in more than just one degree of motion you know he doesn't just do the up and down and it was spooky i think the spookiest part was his eyes like the rest of him looked like the silly original version i know you don't like that i'm saying he's silly but looked like the original version but his eyes in this were very realistic it was very creepy 
Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I love those eyes. I could stare into those beautiful <laughs> eyes all night long. You know? oh, I'm sure you could. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so it also, he, um, the director of this, Takashi, he did, he wrote it as well, and he did the visual effects um, yeah. in large part on this movie, which is super impressive when you see them. I, you know, there's a few shots that might be a little wonky here or there but no more than any marvel movie that's come out in the last five years like i would put this on par um and that's not to say oh marvel fire your 200 animators and just hire (laughs) one person to do all your work uh that is to say if you have a clear vision you know what you want and you have the time to work on it you can make something amazing yeah Uh, and i think this movie really showcases that clearly this director is very passionate about traditional Godzilla stories and still making them relevant uh, to modern audiences and not just, you know, our classic Western Godzilla we've beginning recently where he befriends everybody and is the hero and, you know, or just is very boring and kind of just there. Um, But yeah, I, I overall, I really enjoyed this movie. Um, Something I, I, I do just want to jump in. I loved the fact that it was a horror and they stuck with Sorry. it. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. That's our cat. As the obligatory mention in the episode that apologies <laughs> that our cat is screaming in the background. But yeah, no, it was, it definitely had a more tense vibe, like not an yeah. action movie. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think, something he's now climbing on top of us hi (laughs) um thing i really liked about this is it was unabashedly a japanese movie it Mm. you know it was very very much in their style um the the way they (laughs) the way they talked and just like the emotion and the the type of movie it was was very reminiscent of any movie i've seen out of japan um and I, I appreciated that. I don't think it's necessarily my preferred style. I've never been big into like anime or anything, um, but I completely get why some people are. And I think this movie does a good job of bringing that to the big screen. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm someone who normally doesn't watch anime. Like the only anime I've seen is like Bakugan and Bayplay, you know, like stuff like years ago when I was just a wee lad. But something that I did love is that it definitely had a very big anime sort of vibe to it. Like, I've seen some short Godzilla animes on YouTube, and it felt like that, but in live action. You know, I feel like they really did nail just the horror aspect of Godzilla, and also, like, what real people would be feeling in this moment. It was just absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, I think I... In no Godzilla movie prior to this have I ever stopped and just thought like, wow, imagine if that train car just went flying by my head. Yeah. Uh, whereas <laughs> this movie, it, there's something about like the camera work and the editing just like grounded the movie in the people's perspective. And you see a giant ship go flying overhead and it's like, oh my God, what do you do? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like you will never beat this thing. Um, and I think that comes across really well in this film. Oh, absolutely. 
Um, something that I quite enjoyed as well is that, you know, I don't want to get, you know, too much into spoilers, but there's a shot in the trailer where, you know, Godzilla sort of following their ship in the ocean. And it's like just like the scale as well of just this giant thing. Like you could feel like, you know, the characters has been like, what on earth are we going to do? Like there's nothing we can do. <laughs> to yeah, the only way out of this is luck. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah we exactly. are, We're not going to get out of this. Out of- All right. Yeah. Sorry if our voices change. Our microphone just died. Uh, anyway, mm. as we were saying, this movie's really good. I'm, I'm happy to discuss some spoilers. <laughs> All right. Uh, spoilers for Godzilla minus one. Uh, Godzilla kills a lot of people, like tens of thousands of people in this movie. It's not one where they shy away from, oh, yeah, they destroy the whole sitting, but every, everyone's fine. Like, they all made it to a hospital. They're literally like... How could we make World War Two worse for Japan? What about? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, literally. Literally. There was, like, I watched this film again last night with, with my cousin, and we're very much into World War Two. We watched World War Two in colour, you know, like, we read old stories and whatnot. And, you know, we looked at each other, and we're like, you know, this is just a couple years after, you know, the atomic bombings of Hiroshima and Nagasaki. They finally rebuilt, you know, some cities... And then Godzilla just shows up. Like, what? Yeah, a, and like, literally, they're having characters live in the wreckage of homes from the war. And then they finally get it rebuilt, and then Godzilla just comes stomping through. And yeah, and I think, again, I, I obviously am not from Japan and I'm not super up on their politics and stuff, but. From this film, I can gather people were not happy with the Japanese government at this time. There are a lot of comments about we won't do this for our country. We're only doing this for the people. Uh, we're not doing it for the government or whatever, yeah. or blaming the government for wasting lives during World War II. Um, and yeah, and so this is very much a movie about like, okay, you're at your lowest point. And then something comes along and pulls you even further down. And you can either choose to just wallow in that or band together and try and fight and save yourselves because you can't just expect the government to reach in and pull you out. Um, which, yeah. for a silly monster movie, is quite a profound message. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, you know, it's something I was... I was thinking about, you know, what's like the government's perspective from all of this? And I do think, now this may be a bit controversial, maybe like a hot topic, but I do think that maybe there was some right for the government not telling the citizens about Godzilla coming so close. Because think about a whole countrywide panic, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, it would be nuts. Like, how do you like yeah, maintain Yeah, and I mean, that? yeah, you just, you look at anything that governments announce now and people it just causes so much and especially after you just went through so much trauma they're probably hoping they can figure something out or Mm. he'll just swim away or like panicking and so they're just like no keep it hush hush the people are finally rebuilding and Mm. getting to resume life we don't want to just throw another curveball but at the same time there's a giant monster that's going to come step on you. So, like, maybe you should leave the city. Yeah, I was telling him, 
imagine being one of those people who bought like a small farm in the middle of nowhere to get out of the big city dangers and next thing you know a freaking dinosaur stomping on your house <laughs> yeah yeah he comes he comes to the shore in like the countryside near tokyo and just absolutely destroys this poor tiny little farming village yeah. you can hear the dog like sprinting away and barking yeah. it's so sad it really yeah, is yeah. <laughs> yeah um so yeah we've talked a lot about godzilla i guess we should at some point mention there are humans in this movie mm. and yeah. the main guy uh takashimi um i no, think something like that something like that apologies um <laughs> he he's a he was a kamikaze pilot for the uh, Air Force in Japan and chickened out of his mission. And faked uh, plane damage to be a, on an island so he wouldn't have to die. Yep, and then he he lands on this island and they're starting to kind of realize he didn't actually have any issues with his plane and he's a deserter, or at least not obeying orders at this time. Uh, and then Godzilla shows up out of nowhere uh, and starts attacking them and... They send him to go shoot Godzilla because he can operate the plane with a big gun on it. Uh, and he, once again, chickens out and everyone dies. <laughs> yeah. Which, what and a that great is opening. our main guy. Yeah. Amazing. What an opening. Fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so, and then he returns home and immediately, I think it was, was it his sister? Because she had the same last name. So I'm going to guess sister. I don't know. They he She calls... Or, like, they call her auntie to their kid, but I think yeah. that's just because she watches the baby a lot, so I don't Good know. Good friend and or sister. Uh, he comes home, and she's lost her entire family. All three of her kids. All three of her kids, and blames him for chickening out and running away. She's like, you were a kamikaze pilot. You should not be standing in front of me. You didn't do your duty. Now we're all dead. Because uh, that, so that one that. plane could have made the entire difference <laughs> of, it would have changed everything. of the end of the war. <laughs> yeah um and so yeah this man is not doing great and then suddenly he gets handed a baby in the street <laughs> out of nowhere and kind of becomes responsible for the baby and the woman who hands it to him because she's just trying to survive and has no family and this baby isn't even hers someone else handed it to her uh, and so they kind of form this little family they get jobs they're living the that good life uh and then and he's having you know, horrible dreams and PTSD. Uh, and then all of a sudden Godzilla appears again and starts destroying a bunch of ships. Uh, and he has a breakdown about it. Yeah. I mean... Yeah, and like, yeah. Oh, after you... you <laughs> oh, oh, it's like, um, at one point in the film, you know, um, oh, I forgot her name, but it's the lady that, you know, had the baby. She asks him you know, what is causing him, like, so many, like, nightmares and horrible PTSD. Can you imagine, like, explaining to someone a ginormous <laughs> dinosaur that came out of nowhere, obliterated everything, and then just <laughs> completely disappeared, you know, for a couple of years. And, you know, she believes him. It's like, you know what? We need more people like that, you know? Because if someone told me that, I'd be like, huh? Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, for yeah. sure. It, yeah, it would be like if you came and you were like, "Hey, I just saw Bigfoot." Yeah, and be like, okay, yeah, I've heard that one before, Michael. 
One day. But... One day. But also, <laughs> that main guy is super messed up. For him to, like, look at his now adopted daughter in the eye and be like, I'm not going to abandon you. And then immediately go on a suicide mission to fly a plane <laughs> into the mouth of a dinosaur? Nah, dog. Because he didn't know he could eject. Spoiler yeah. alert, he does. <laughs> yeah. So... In the end, they devise a plan, which was like the perfect balance of science and stupid. And yeah. <laughs> well, that's because you didn't even know that people could get the bends until like a week ago when I told I, you. <laughs> that is not true. I just had not heard it called that before. Um, and so basically they strap a whole bunch of gas Freon, I think it was, to Godzilla and sink him to the bottom of the ocean really, really fast. And then... have a bunch of inflatables tied to him that inflate and (laughs) and then raise him up really really fast and their plan is that (laughs) and then as a fail safe the pilot is supposed to be able to lure him to the correct spot uh, and the pilot guy the main guy secretly puts some bombs on board and his plan is to just fly into its mouth and explode Um, (laughs) which you know fair enough what else are you gonna do and so uh in the end he the guy who fixes the plane for him who's back from the original island and all backstory nonsense um puts in an ejector seat from him which was kind of a big talking point throughout the movie is that japan was just throwing lives away making everyone do suicide missions um and not ever giving their pilots ejector seats and stuff um and so this is you know made by the people instead of the government so they put in a nice a nice uh, ejector seat and he ejects out and then also the wife lady who's not his wife uh very clearly gets absolutely yoinked by (laughs) atomic godzilla heat ray blast uh and thrown into a giant pile of rubble uh and then she's back and her skin is unscathed except for a couple bandages well, and... yeah, because she's the pretty main character. Yeah. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Like you have to let gorgeous people be gorgeous, Everett. Like you, you know, I'm, I'm, right. I'm, I guess that's fair. Like I've never seen you in action, Everett, but I assumed that after falling off a cliff, doing a bunch of Tom Cruise stunts, you still look fine as hell. Like you know, oh, it's well, all, all based on assumptions. So. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that. I do, but uh, yeah. So I think. Like, the humans at no point are a bad part of this movie, but I think particularly for Western audiences, they will be the weak part of the movie. Just, I think they sometimes, they yell very quickly. They go from just talking at a normal volume to all of a sudden yelling everything that's going on. Um, They can just kind of, sometimes they make things that sound like like they sound like they're joking but they're being completely sincere and i think you can either just choose to look at this movie as really dumb and silly or look at it and just enjoy it for how like earnest and heartfelt it's trying to be and i know you saw it as silly (laughs) i really liked the the smart doctor guy i thought he was funny and the kid was funny yeah and the monster was there (laughs) (laughs) um there was a lot of great comedy lines throughout this film as well like i like that the moments where the director knew that you know what this is a really serious situation 
I'm going to throw in like a, a very comedic line. Like at one point, the captain is like, nah, we're going to, you know, drive the boat, you know, right, right past God so it's going to be fine. It destroys like the boat right next to it. It's like, okay, never mind. We're going, we're going, we're going. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it had me laughing a lot more than I thought going in and like not at the movie, but with the movie. Yeah. Like it was definitely the um the like boat captain to me was hilarious he just yeah. every line was so funny yeah yeah he was <laughs> and his facial guy. expressions were amazing yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah the baby was also one of the cutest babies i've ever seen in my life she is so stinking cute <laughs> absolutely yeah, she was adorable but yeah, in the end, they kill Godzilla, but then he also weirdly breaks apart into chunks. Mm. I didn't quite get that. Well, they exploded him. <laughs> yeah, but then he, like, crumbled instead of, like, bursting out or, like, burning away because his heat thing ray inside burnt up from the inside or something. He just, like, all of a sudden turns into, like, it's like the effect of, like, when you turn someone to stone and then you break them. Yeah. in other movies and then he just kind of crumbles apart and then one of his crumbly bits starts to regenerate so. are all of his crumbly bits gonna regenerate maybe that'll be the sequel is gonna be eight thousand exactly. instead of godzilla <laughs> minus one godzilla, godzilla. plus 200 yeah, yeah, yeah that's what i was gonna say <laughs> <laughs> it's like a whole math equation for these uh <laughs> these titles yeah um do either of you know why it's called Godzilla minus one. They said in the description that like the end of World War Two was one of the worst parts, the worst times for Japan ever, and then for Godzilla to just come out would be like putting them in the negative, so it was okay. minus one. Yeah. That's at least what I read when we were buying our ticket and I was reading the description, but I don't know if okay. that's for sure what it is. Yeah, because it's not like explained in the movie, and I thought minus one was gonna have something to do with it but yeah that makes sense if that's the case yeah um I, <laughs> I actually read the same description as you emerald so yeah no i, th I nice. think that's why it's called minus one yeah yeah and i think yeah. it's called godzilla because he's a godzilla creature in it i, I thought oh, you i thought right? i thought that out you might, yeah. you might be onto something now. <laughs> <laughs> um so what would you rate it we'll start with you i would rate a 10 out of 10 so i'm someone as said i love monster movies right but my problem with monster movies especially with the recent godzilla films is like oh oh my gosh it's godzilla everyone run for their lives oh look there's another monster why don't we team up with godzilla to take down this other monster and then we're best with godzilla and there's like every you know like the last couple of american godzilla films even the recent godzilla versus kong it's like you know it's meant to be godzilla and kong but it's not really godzilla versus kong which i really didn't like and even just other monster films in general, I feel like I've been quite disappointing. The last good one I've seen is probably Peter Jackson's King Kong, because that I rate 10 out of 10 anytime, any place. But this one really took me by surprise. I loved the score, the acting. Godzilla itself was terrifying, especially in the opening scene. Yeah, I'd, I'd have to give it a whopping 10 out of 10. Wonderful. I'm going to go a little lower... Eight out of ten. Hey! <laughs> you don't want to hear what she's gonna say. <laughs> um, yeah, eight out of ten for me. I mean, maybe that is 
harsh for what this movie is for a monster movie yeah it's probably nine and a half ten out of ten like this is this is exactly what i wanted it to be at the same time i i don't know how often i'm actually going to end up rewatching this or returning to it if you talk to me in a year's time i may or may not remember this as one of the great movies of this year oh you know i'm just i'm not sure if it's quite at that level to be a 10 out of 10 in this the year of the barbie movie yeah see i'll remember the barbie movie forever so (laughs) um i would give this a four a four Oh my god. <laughs> I'm not a monster movie girly. Um and I wasn't quite laughing with the movie if oh you catch gosh. my drift. You know, Emerald, I was so excited to meet you one day. But nah, nah, like, you know, don't invite me to the wedding. I'm not coming. I'm not coming. <laughs> oh, yeah. But all right, that's uh, that's Godzilla minus one, and thank you, Michael, for coming on. It was great to really. I can speak, and thank you for coming on, Michael. It was great talking with you. Thank you so much for having me on, mate. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much. <laughs> Okay, so I didn't really know what I wanted to pick this week. I had a lot of options, and the only thing I saw about Dream Scenario was a small clip with uh, Nicolas Cage and, uh, I don't know how to say his name, Noah Centennial, I think. Um, I saw it on TikTok, and then I was like, I looked it up, and it had a good rating. I didn't know anything about it, so I figured, sure, let's watch it. And it was weird (laughs) the best thing about this movie is it is interesting the worst thing about this movie is it's not interesting in the right way or yeah it's (laughs) we've talked like on the drive home from the theater we're recording this only like an hour after we got out of the theater but we talked about that movie for a large portion of that hour because it's intriguing (laughs) yeah and it's it's kind of disappointing i feel like more so than some of the other movies we've seen that don't stick the landing because of the fact that like the premise is really really interesting but the follow-through is just weird it's almost like they're trying to make a few different movies or something i don't know like the overall plot goes all the way through, but there are certain times that I was convinced the movie was about to end, and then it felt like another hour would go on, and that happened, like, twice during the movie. And it's not that long of a movie. Yeah, it's like an hour 40. It just feels really long and awkward. Yeah, in particular, for me, the end 15 minutes and the whole sudden shift in what the movie's about, kind of, in a way... It, like, it's still about the same thing and the same characters, but it suddenly takes on a much more like a statement on capitalism as opposed to just society in general. And that kind of didn't mesh well for me. It just kind of suddenly is about this vaguely tangentially related theme 
and just yeah so that didn't come together for me it also uh does not how do i say this like there there's a main character and it literally doesn't matter who that is yeah and And they don't grow at all yeah and that's kind of a point is it's supposed to be just an anybody but it doesn't but i feel like and an everyday man could have would have been so different in this scenario this guy is very particular because nicholas cage is playing him in a very particular way and, and he's yet not that, nice <laughs> yeah and that has no real consequence on the movie and if that was the point it does not come across clearly because it feels very tied to who he is and yet at the same time it literally does not matter they could swap him out for eight million different Nicolas cage interpretations of this man and yeah. it wouldn't change how the movie flows yeah i don't know i just i didn't care for the characters i didn't care for the ending but like the initial plot and getting the movie started was very intriguing so it's like it's it's weird yeah <laughs> Yeah, and I definitely like if you're if you're into weird movies and you're into movies that you can like pe- peel apart layers and discuss what did this mean and why did they choose to do it this way and why was this done in this style versus the way other scenes were done and stuff. This movie's full of that stuff and I don't think anything happened unintentionally. You know, I think this is exactly the movie they were trying to make. I just don't know if that's actually a good movie or not. Yeah, and I don't know if it was particularly for us. I think this is a movie that you could ask me, not even in a year, whether or not I liked it. I'm pretty sure you could ask me two months from now, and I will have completely forgotten that this movie exists. Yeah, Um, and I think there's definitely a message in here that, again, how to put this politely... People who do not agree with my political and moral compass and such and my view of the world, I have heard them use arguments about, like, cancel culture and fame and things like that, that this movie seemed to be defending that viewpoint at times, and then at other times it wasn't, and so maybe it was trying to be a neutral observer on this topic but for me, it just felt weird. I didn't know where I stood, like, kind of morally on this movie. You or know? where the movie even or stood. Or where the movie yeah. stood. Like, I, there's a good chance, like, you know, as I said to her, I was like, we could put out a video that said, like, oh, my gosh, this is the best movie ever. And everyone's like, oh, my gosh, you guys are, like, so, like stupid stupid and like that's such alt-right culture or whatever and then on the flip side we could say oh we didn't really care for this movie and people go but it's such a great satire and commentary on how bad these people are and it's like wait so where does this movie lie what is it trying to say yeah i don't know yeah we'll go into it more in spoilers but yeah it was weird yep (laughs) All right, going into spoilers for Dream Scenario. Um, This follows Nicolas Cage. He plays a professor at a college, 
and he is basically kind of a nobody. It doesn't seem like his kids care for him. His wife is pretty neutral towards him, and he um, starts noticing people are noticing him, um, and through whatever reason, it's never explained in the movie, um, a large majority of the world has started seeing him in their dreams, whether or not they've met him. Um, and at first, he thinks it's kind of funny. He does, like, a quirky little news interview, whatever. And at the start when he's appearing, it's usually like, oh, yeah, I was having a typical dream where I start floating away, and you were just standing there. Or, yeah. oh, I had a dream my friend was dying in a car accident, and you just walked by and did nothing. Yeah. Like, he's, he's just there. Yeah. And then... So he com becomes, like, famous as this guy who is in everyone's dreams, and it's, you know, just, like, this crazy thing. He goes super viral. There's people who want him to do, like, commercials and stuff. Um, but then the dreams that people are having start to turn violent or, like, weird and sexual or whatever, and people hate him. And... It seemed almost like a commentary on, like, anyone could be cancelled by cancel culture and, like, we shouldn't be listening to that. But also, the only celebrities I know who have gotten, like, permanently cancelled have done some truly terrible things. I feel like the internet might get mad at you for, like, two weeks and then you get out of the news cycle and no one cares anymore. So it just seemed like a stupid message. Yeah. and... The the other thing, like, it almost wanted us to feel bad for Nicolas Cage that he's getting canceled. But at every turn, he is The worst. Awful. Yeah. Genuinely awful. First opportunity to cheat on his wife, takes it. Yeah. First opportunity to yell at people in public, takes it. First chance to do anything. Someone's like, hey, sorry, we have a bunch of students that are feeling really uncomfortable because literally every night you come in, murder or rape them in their dreams, and they don't want to take your class anymore. And he starts screaming and yelling and being like belligerent about it and complaining about cancel culture. And the movie almost seems sympathetic to him yeah. about that. And I, it might be trying to be a commentary on those types of people who think they've been canceled for nothing and just don't understand. But in this case, he literally didn't do anything. He's just sitting there in real life. So I kind of, we thought, both of us thought that because he was a nobody and in the dream he was doing nothing, that like as his emotions changed, maybe the dreams were changing because like, like the girl who he has an affair with was the first one to have like sex dreams about him. And so we kind of thought like, oh, well, maybe that's a thing or like, the murder dream started when he started getting angry, but literally the dreams had nothing to do with him at all. He yeah. could have been anybody, and it was just, like, weird. And then, yeah, I don't know. At the end, his wife leaves him, and he's alone forever at the end. But, like, yeah. also, and his wife deserves to marry someone who likes her and doesn't cheat on her. So. Yeah, probably. Um, and then also at the end, out of nowhere, it suddenly just turns into a commercial for a minute. Um, for a fake product where you can now advertise directly into people's dreams and so because he kind of proved that there is a collective subconscious uh, some guy uh, took this idea and poured money into it until they finally like cracked it or whatever and now they can come sell you new sneakers or play a song for you to advertise it in your dreams which like 
could have been an interesting angle for this movie, but instead it's tacked on for the last 10 minutes. And has and nothing has to do nothing. with it and makes no sense. It's not like he was materialistic or really wanting commercial. I guess he was fighting against being in commercials and then the thing he did became commercials. But again, he didn't do anything. I don't know. It's just a little messy on that front. Yeah. And it's just, it's such a bummer because like the idea of someone suddenly appearing in everyone's dreams and all this stuff could have been really interesting and cool and it just fell so flat yeah it was just such a disappointment and even if like the way he behaves in the real world doesn't impact how he appears in the dreams such as is the case in the movie like you can take it at that value but like there should be something tying him to this or make the movie truly an exploration of some rando suddenly being thrust in the limelight this is not some rando this is a man who's seriously kind of psychotic and disturbed and will not he does not behave rationally in 90 percent of scenarios he's in and even up until the final moments of the movie he never apologizes genuinely for anything that's happened like he does a stupid apology where he's like I'm the victim, this has all gone wrong for me. But he could have been like, you know, I should have addressed this in the beginning. Like, it's not my fault that I'm in your dreams, but also, like, you know, it's just, it was just so, he never took responsibility for anything, and he was the worst. (laughs) Yeah, so I think, like, there's a version of this movie, make him, like, a minor celebrity who suddenly gets thrust into the lime limelight and, like, has a real issue and like whatever or if he's a nobody have him struggle with something with faint but like i don't he's just belligerent and annoying and if you're going to do that type of character and i know older people can be but 90 percent of people i've met who behave like this are obnoxious teens yeah or early 20s plus like if he actually genuinely like did everything right and still Sorry, our dog is having a dream in the background. <laughs> but oh, if, wake up, then, Lily. If, wake up, <laughs> baby girl. You okay? <laughs> you making it? But if he genuinely, <laughs> sorry, um, if he genuinely did everything right and was a good person, it could have been like, yeah, I could see how cancel culture is hurtful, but this guy deserved it. He sucked. I don't know. Yeah. It was just and not good. Any way around yeah. any way you look at it is like a bad message and i think the issue it goes halfway on everything it sets up it yeah. never it doesn't put itself in a place where it says i the filmmaker and we the people making this movie are telling you this or believe this it, and i think to some extent that might be wise don't take a stance on controversial issues when you're going to put something out very publicly because then you know what you don't have to deal with any backlash but also at the same time it now just feels like you're you know only doing things halfway and you're just not willing to go all the way on it and it just yeah i don't know wasn't really for me yeah, it almost reminded me of the movie The Hunt, which was very clearly a political movie that just leaned too far into nothing. Like, you know, I don't know. It was just, it could have been so good and it just yeah. wasn't. Yeah. And so, yeah, it just, 
whatever yeah. see it if you if it seems interesting to you but i'm not going to really recommend this yeah. to people i would probably honestly give this like a three out a of three. ten i go a little higher just because at least it is thought-provoking in some regards and is interesting but when i say a little higher i'm saying like a four or a five this it just I don't know. And it's getting a lot of praise. I did do a quick scroll through Rotten Tomatoes just to see if like it earned a 92% because everyone was giving it a 5 out of 5. Very few people were saying this is a nailed-on masterpiece, but it seems like people are like, well, it's at least interesting. Yeah. And I don't know if that's necessarily good enough, but at least a common saying in movies is like, if you're going to be anything be interesting don't just be boring and unlike the retirement plan we saw nicholas cage in earlier this one at least wasn't boring i guess so zebra look the way it does all right thank you for listening to this week's episode make sure you tune in every monday for a new one and follow us on instagram and tiktok at nerd and normie and if you're listening on youtube like and subscribe and if you're on audio platform leave us a five-star review it really helps us out thank Thank you you. and thank you to michael for helping out on this episode Woohoo!